0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Rachel, Rocky, Rocky, Bang, Bang, has launched her new podcast officially. It's called Rachel Goes Rogue. And if you need something to put you to sleep, this is a great podcast for you. So we are going to be breaking it down because I decided to listen to it so that you don't have to. I hope you're ready for it. Let's get it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. Hey, let's get it, get it, get it, ow, ow, throw them hips, girl, bum, 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 let's get it, what's going on, happy Tuesday, everybody, everybody in the club, what's going on, Um, happy Tuesday, hope you had a great start to your week, let me know if you listened to um, the new Rachel Goes Rogue podcast, it, uh, I mean, did she really go rogue, or did she just go downhill? You know like that's that's where I'm a little like you know just ugh. I tried to listen to it I saw Bravo uh Bravo babe, shout out to the Bravo babe shout out bravo babe woo woo um shout out to to uh to Bravo babe she was tweeting and she's like, I'm live tweeting and listening to this podcast, and I was like, oh God, I should probably listen to it too because you know why not right. And then I decided to listen to it, and then I was like, what am I listening Like It was just 20 minutes, in, and I was like, this is fucking boring. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do a recap so that nobody else has to listen to this. She basically starts off the podcast by being like, oh, okay, I don't want this to be like a recap podcast. I want this to be like, you know, I'm not going to respond to Vanderpump Rules every week, but I'm going to watch it, and then I have my therapist, and then my therapist is going to help me break it down, and then we're possibly going to be breaking it down on the show every week. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's, it's a Bethany Frankel Rewives podcast, an original idea that nobody's ever done before. You're going to be responding to what you're seeing on the show. Um Essentially, but it was kind of an interesting episode. Like, listen, some people just don't need to be podcasting. I, I support Rachel doing whatever she wants to do. Let her go do watercolors with the kindergartners. You know, didn't she want to be like a teacher somewhere or something? Or she wanted to work with special needs children. Go do that. Go do that. If that's where your heart is, you do you, boo. Podcast, reality TV was not for her. Podcasting is not for her. Um, I hope she, you know is fine like i wish her well but like you didn't want to come back to the show you did not want to have a story and like none of this is interesting a year later so she yeah but basically she opens it up and she's like this is you know we're gonna do a podcast every week and this is my first one and i know that like doing this is going to open me up to scrutiny If the scrutiny was too much for you the first time around, why would you continue to open yourself up to scrutiny? Like, what is the point of that? Like, why continue to engage in all of this shit if, like, it's too much for you? If it's not good for your mental health, then take yourself out of the arena. Whatever. she wants, But listen, she wants it. She wants the fame. And I think she should just own that and embrace that. There was an interesting um, conversation that was going on on Twitter. Who tweeted it? Oh, the reality TV guru tweeted... um, uh, tweeted about how people are crucifying Rachel but praising Monica from Salt Lake City. That, like, Monica's a terrible person, and Rachel, you know, made a mistake. And I responded to it, or I quote tweeted it, and I said, I think the difference in Ma- is that Monica leans into her villain arc, whereas Rachel struggled to take accountability and even now still passes the buck on to everyone else while wanting us to give her sympathy. Monica doesn't give a fuck, and personally, I think they're both awful, but at least Monica owns it. And that's my thing, is Rachel's like, I'm an innocent girl that was taken advantage of, oh, it's like you're fucking 30. Like, come on. Like, when do you get, like, I listen, I support her therapy journey. I support her getting healthy. I support her making better decisions. I think that that's great, right? I think amazing. Um, But at the same time, I'm also kind of just like, But, like, if you're about – like, you didn't just make a mistake. You fucked up a bunch of people's lives and had a seven-month affair and lied about it and then, you know, doubled down on it in television. And now she just, like, wants to make it look like Tom Sandoval manipulated her into doing all of this. I'm not defending Tom Sandoval. He is not great in any of this. But for it to be like, oh, my God, I was taken advantage of, like – you're a grown ass woman. You need to take a little accountability for yourself too. Not to say Tom Sandoval is innocent. Tom Sandoval is not innocent. It's hard that we like are giving Sandoval a little bit more grace than Rachel, but it's just like, even with some of the things, like she makes some accusations against Lisa Vanderpump. She makes some accusations against James Kennedy in this podcast. And I just, you know, but that's the difference between Monica on Salt Lake city and Rachel from Vanderpump is that Monica's like, fuck it. I'm, you know, Is it me? I'm the problem. It's me. Yes, I am. Am I the villain? Surprise, bitch. Here's my burn book. I'm going to burn you all to the ground. Monica's like, I'm Regina George, and I'm coming to rock this shit. She's not trying to play innocent. She's not trying to play a victim. She's not passing the buck off into everybody else. She's like, boom. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me. Look what you just made me made me do. So yeah, I mean, I get it. Rachel made a mistake, but now all she's done is continue to make several mistakes. Um, But so, okay, so here's some of the the juiciest bits that came out of the uh, Rachel Goes Rogue episode one. Um, First off, she says that she she decided not to do Vanderpump Rules season 11 because she didn't want to be around Tom Sandoval. She's done with him. Thank you, next. She doesn't believe that... um, He's healthy for her to be around, and she wants nothing to do with him anymore. She cut him off after therapy. She knows that she shouldn't have continued to keep talking to him while she was in therapy, but she was addicted. I'm addicted, addicted to your love. I'm addicted, addicted to your dick. Um, she was like, I, and then in therapy, I realized that he's just not good for me. So I cut him off for good, and I want nothing to do with him. Great. This is my problem with not. Rachel specifically, but just people when it comes to like relationships ending, they always make it seem like it's the other person in the relationship that was the problem. And it's like, no, it takes two to tangle. If there's ever a breakup, a falling out, or whatever, it always is two people. Anytime I've had conflict with anybody, I've always said, I have to own my side of the street of this too. You know, it takes two people to fuck up a situation, right? Two people to fuck it up. And it just feels like, there's a lot of blame being put on Sandoval's side of things without, you know, she's like, listen, I know I was wrong and I know what I did was wrong. But she's like, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want to be around him. It's a job. Ariana doesn't want to be around him. The other cast members wanted nothing to do with him. They didn't want to be around him. They decided to clock in and and do their job. That's what it is. That's the name of the game. That's reality TV, you know? So it just Zach, was she really the one to break it off? I don't know, Felicia. I mean, it seems like it because in the previews and what we've heard from Tom Sandoval, he makes it seem like he was very much in love with her and very much wanted to be with her. And listen, I believe him when he says that he was in love with her. I think he really was in love with her. Um, So I understand. And from the previews and stuff that I've heard, it seems like he does have a hard part, like a hard time understanding how the relationship just kind of ended so cold turkey and how he became the villain in all of this because I think they were both... Awful. That's not to say his relationship with Ariana was perfect. That's not to say that it wasn't struggling. That's not to say that he didn't maybe have the most accountability that needs to be taken in all of this situation, right? Because he's the one that had a girlfriend. He's the one that had a mistress on the side. He's the one that was, you know, feeding them both different stories, playing them both at the same time. Like Tom Sandoval did himself dirty, right? But at least he showed up and he's trying to, you know, take some sort of accountability and move forward from it. But So she said she didn't come back to season 11, one, because she didn't want to be around Sandoval, which is kind of a cop out. Because like I said, Ariana didn't want to be around Sandoval and she still did it. And the other cast members didn't really want to be around Sandoval. They still did it. It's the game, right? If you want to stay in the game, then you have to play with the players that are on the field. And sometimes you don't get to say who those players are. She also says that the other reason she didn't want to um, be a part of the show is because she doesn't feel like the other girls would have given her the time or space to tell her side of the story. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I get it because they came at her pretty hard, but like, Afterwards, like after the reunion, you even see like Ariana and Lala kind of change their tune towards them uh, or towards Rachel at least, and try to be like, listen, I feel sorry for that girl. That girl needs help. She needs therapy. Like they realize, like, all right, maybe we went a little too hard, and this girl just is not meant to be in this arena, and this just isn't meant for her. But I do think, like, I think Lala would have definitely given Rachel a little bit of grace, considering what she went through with Randall, and I believe that's part of her Lala storyline this season as well. Is like trying to be like, all right, I think I allowed my situation with Randall to really fuck me up more than I wanted it to, more than I expected it to. So let me try to give a little more grace and try to be a little bit better in my approach and not always coming after people. So and even Sheena's recently said, like, I think had excuse me, I think had Rachel come back, we would have actually you know, there would have been an opportunity to work through some things and to talk things out because again that's the nature of the beast that's the show the show is conflict and resolution you know conflict resolution this is the this is the arena that you're in this is the game that you're playing so I just think that that was dumb. But the interesting part is nowhere in the podcast episode does she talk about the money negotiations. Because remember, she was saying, I'll come back for the right price. That's what she was negotiating with the network. As long as the price was right, she was gonna. She was willing to come back to the show. She wanted it to have a favored nations um, clause with Sandoval and Ariana and say, you know, she brought as much as they did last season. So she wanted to be earning as much as they are you know this season as well which i don't think ariana or tom i'm sure they both got a generous pay upgrade but i don't think that either one of them is getting paid the same amount i think they're getting paid different because sandoval was an og cast member since season one a primary since season one ariana came in a little later and we do know that seniority does take precedent a lot of times in this and i just i don't think they're making the same amount and I don't think Rachel deserved to make that amount either because she was only a full-time cast member for one season. Even though she was, you know, part of multiple seasons, she was only full-time for one. And it was an impactful one. And she did make good money. What did Lisa Vanderpump say? She made, like, over $200,000 from last season, from the Scandal season. That's pretty good. Two hundred K is good. But nowhere does she talk about that. Nowhere does she mention, like, she's like, yeah, I considered it. But, like, you know, my mental health was the most important why are you on a fucking podcast where you're opening opening yourself up to scrutiny again on social media? I mean, yes, everybody's entitled to tell their side of the story. Sure. But like, you know, pick a lane. You either want to be in this world and you can take the heat or you don't want to be in this world because it's not important to you. But um, Bravo should have paid up So she'd come back. The show would be so much better. Why lowball her? I don't think they lowballed her. I don't think it's fair. She had one impactful season. That's hardly enough. Think of how everybody's had an impactful season and everybody's had a bad season. So I don't think it's fair for her to come in and be like, I had one really good fucking season. So I deserve to be paid whatever the fuck I want to be paid. No, that's not how the game works. That's not how that's not how you do it. And then when you try to get too big for your bridges, then, you know the network's like, okay, peace, we don't need you. And they moved on and the season looks just fine without her. I don't think we needed her because if this is what we're going to get is her just kind of, you know, leaning into the victimhood and only blaming Sandoval for all of this without taking real accountability for herself, then it's just like, and it defeats the whole purpose of why she went to therapy, you know, because she realized like reality TV wasn't for her. So it's like, which narrative is it? What are you trying to do? I'm just saying the show would be better. I don't think the show would be better with Rachel. She didn't bring anything, aside from fucking Sandoval, she didn't bring anything to any of the previous seasons. (laughs) Like, there are hardly any... I mean, look at her most memorable moments on the show thus far. Lala calling her a Bambi-eyed bitch, her fights with James, she always had somebody else to lead the scene. Even when she would fight with, like, Katie, and she's like, uh, Katie, you know, and she was like, her little Bambi legs were shivering. Like, it's just... No, she has never brought anything interesting to the show. I've never liked her since her first season on the show. So people have been like, oh, well, you just don't like her now. I've never liked her. Let's be honest. I never liked her. She was pretty and she was great arm candy for James. And she was great for kind of balancing James or for showing James's worst sides. But she was never interesting on the show. She never made sense to the show because she was never genuinely friends with any of these people. And then when she tried to be friends with them, it just didn't work. She didn't have the gel and the chemistry. So, (sighs) <sighs> she did take some accountability. I agree, Brittany. In throughout the episode, she does take some accountability. However, it, there's still a lot of, like, blaming other people. And we'll, so we'll get into this because she has this whole twisted theory related to the dog. We'll get into the dog. Um, but I don't think – yes, she has taken some accountability, but I just don't feel like – The fact that she keeps, you know, she blames James for stuff. She blames Sandoval for stuff. She blames Lisa for stuff. Like, if you're going to take accountability, then let that be your thing. And don't be like, oh, well, I only engaged in this because Tom Sandoval is the one that made the first move. Or, you know, I was only, you know, James put me in such a fragile place when we broke up that, like, going into season 10 was really hard for me because I was fragile. You broke up with him. While you were flirting with Sandoval. Like, what the fuck? Like, what am I watching here? Like, people are, like, falling for this, like, weird, like, weird. But so she's doing this podcast interview. Her, like, producers or crew, I don't know, somebody at iHeartRadio is, like, basically interviewing her because she can't hold the show on her own. Fine, whatever. That She's new to this. But, again, not everybody needs to be a fucking podcaster. Um, But so she says, you know, Tom Sandoval was bad for her. But, you know, she just couldn't quit him. And then finally she did quit him. And then she says that she wanted to tell Ariana about the affair, but that she had to scope things out about their relationship first. And she's like, that's why you see these scenes where I'm asking Ariana about their sex life, because Tom Sandoval is telling me that they don't have a good sex life. So I had to scope things out for myself. And it's like. I don't know. That's a little weird. Yeah, you can't say I'm taking accountability, but. Exactly, Janine. You can't say I'm taking accountability, but the only reason I did it is because he made the first move. Or I feel bad that I screwed over Ariana and embarrassed her on camera, but I just had to try to figure out, like, what was going on in the relationship was what Tom Sandoval was telling me. If you wanted to find out if what Tom Sandoval was telling you were true, then you should have just asked Ariana directly. Be like, listen— Tom and I, like, Tom's been a little flirty towards me. It's made me a little uncomfortable, but he says that you guys have an open arrangement where he says that you guys are struggling right now and, like, I don't know, I'm confused, but I just, like, girl to girl, I just want to let you know what's up. She didn't do that. She's literally questioning Ariana about their sex life on camera in front of the show and she's like oh my god i look back at those scenes and i cringe we all fucking cringed like are you kidding me like it's so cringy it's so like blows my mind that this is even like a ugh and she's just like you know i just had to scope things out but like i know it was cringe and i'm just like okay (sighs) so but she did say that when it comes to Tom Sandoval, because obviously she said that she was in love with him at the reunion and she loved him and whatever, she says that she was really just in love with a future version of Tom. And it, you know, it was a version of him where he wasn't with Ariana. She's like, but, you know, she's, she wasn't in love with the immature version of Tom Sandoval. And she wanted to believe that it was real. But, you know, she has doubts of whether or not it was real. And she's like, I don't know if he really loved me. You would have to ask him that and et cetera, et cetera. I get this. I do understand her at, at, at this point because, like, um, I think we often find ourselves falling into situations where we do fall in love with the potential of someone or we fall in love with who we want them to be. However, in this case, I do think that she fell in love for who he was. And listen, does he have an allure, a charm? Can some people call that manipulation? Sure. I think we've learned to phrase those things as manipulation, right? Um And so whether it is or it isn't, like I I feel like we've gone a little too far with, with making it seem like, oh, guys are so manipulative and guys are all narcissists and guys are all toxic and all this stuff. And we love to use all these buzzwords when it's like, but without those words, like yes, those words can add context to certain situations, but without those words, like we have to take accountability again that there are two people in a relationship and when things go south, both people have accountability. Whether it's, you know, maybe one person is a little more toxic, but the other person was enabling their behavior. They were continuing to excuse their behavior. And you have to take accountability for that and say, listen, I was excusing that behavior. I was enabling it. I engaged in it. I participated in it. I loved the toxicity because it was alluring for me. It reminded me of whatever, you know, my childhood, my past relationship, whatever it is. But like, you need to be able to hold your own in it. And when things fall apart, you know, I mean, I think even when it comes to like Ariana, I understand, you know, Tom Sandoval being like, listen, our relationship wasn't in a great place. Now he was manipulative with Ariana. I actually thinking, saying that out loud, he was lying to her and sleeping with her and going to couples therapy with her all while with the plan of like wanting to break up with her. So there was there was definitely line of manipulation on his part with Ariana. Um, so maybe there was something There, too, Um, Angie says, but Bravo made a lot of money off of her and she would be offered and she should be offered more. And Bravo made a mistake because all the new viewers will leave because they come for the scandal and will leave without her. That's not true. I don't think they're there for her. They're there for the drama. And if there's anything this cast knows how to do, it's bring drama regardless. That's like saying, oh, you know, after Kristen fucked Jax, like then she was in a relationship after that and people are going to leave because they just want to see her fuck Jax again. Like what? No, that's a stupid argument. Um, And yes, Bravo did make a lot of money off of her, but Bravo made a lot of money off of the show that they all collectively agreed to, that they all signed a contract and agreed to participate in. It's the show that made the money. These key players, yes, are key to that. But again, just because you have one good season doesn't make you the most valuable asset, especially when you haven't been a part of that show from the beginning. If anything, we've seen that Jax and Stasi and Kristen have all been able to be replaceable because none of them were in season 10. And season 10 was the record-breaking season. And it wasn't because of Raquel. Because again, Raquel doesn't bring anything interesting to the show. She just happened to be part of Entangled in a Scandal that was very fascinating to the world. So I don't think people are going to... Nobody's watching the show for Raquel. (laughs) Nobody's like, I'm a Raquel fan. I want to watch the show for Raquel. Like, she had an opportunity in the finale. She ran. She She filmed one scene and she dipped out. She had an opportunity at the reunion. And then she had the whole thing with Sheena where she wouldn't allow Sheena to be on set because she had the temporary restraining order against her and caused all of that drama. So then she couldn't be a part of the reunion full time. Then she had an opportunity to return for season 11 and she decided to dip out because the money wasn't there. So it's like, don't be mad that you're not making your bag when you fumbled the ball. Everybody else, listen, they were doing their Uber Eats deals. They were doing savings. Like, everybody was doing their endorsements. Schwartz was doing Stars on Mars. Sandoval was doing Special Forces. Like, Ariana's doing Dancing with the Stars. Like, everybody's out there doing the damn thing. Sheena's releasing new music. Like, everybody was capitalizing. Lala did Send It to Daryl merch. Don't be mad when you have opportunities. The cast made a lot of money, but they made a lot of money because they decided to lean into their endorsement deals and sell their merch and do all of that stuff. So yeah. You know. So, um, okay. So it talks about Tom Sandoval, talks about why she changed her name to Rachel when she was 7 years old. She wanted to like be more interesting. So she's like, I don't want to be Rachel anymore. I want to be Raquel now. Got it. Um I'm saying this again, she needs to lean into the mistress narrative and have mistress on mistresses on to tell their story bravo's a lot of mistresses listen that would have been interesting if she'd leaned into the mistress storyline and was like listen ariana that would have been interesting to see her come into this new season and be like listen ariana you guys made me out to be the villain but let's be real here ariana your relationship was not perfect and like go and 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 call ariana out and be like listen you and i both know that your relationship was a farce your relationship was fake don't be mad that you couldn't keep your man Because I'm Miss Steel, yo, man. If she would have leaned into the villain arc the way Monica does, I think people would have had a much different response to Rachel. But she still wants to be like, oh, I'm young and I'm naive. Bitch, you're 30. You 30. I'm 30. I wouldn't be playing that I'm naive card. No. Kidding me? I fuck up my own life. I can do bad all by myself um okay what else okay let's get into the uh she talks about rachel changed her name at seven which also kind of interesting some people are like well that must have been really sad that she changed her name at such a young age because that must have meant she was trying to escape something because she was only seven years old yeah i mean listen she was also a pageant queen i'm sure that fucked her up a lot too like they that really messes with like your sense of self-worth and self-esteem um she says that she's never heard of Dave Portnoy. She never dated Dave Portnoy. She's like, I didn't even know how to pronounce his last name, even though there were all the rumors that they were dating. She's like, we just happened to both be in Chicago at the same time, and then people ran with this narrative that we were seen together, even though we weren't. And so that was a totally fo- uh, false, bogus story. Um, she says that there are some people that are part of Vanderpump Rules that have reached out to her recently, and they say that they miss her Um. She doesn't clarify exactly who they are, but she's like, it's just the ones that didn't bash me publicly. And I'm like, so who's left? Because like, did any of them like you in the end? (laughs) Like even Charlie had some things to say about her publicly. So I'm like, who is missing her on that show? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Then we get into the dog. This is where it like gets interesting, but also is a little cuckoo crazy for me. Um, she, ta- she says that Graham, which was her golden doodle, she said that her parents got her a golden doodle for her graduation and it was a cute little puppy, whatever. But she's like, but he was very aggressive and she claims that James would enable Graham's bad behavior. And she really makes James out to seem like he was the problem with the dog because she says that he would torment the dog, which is a really big word to throw out there to say that he would torment a dog. Now, I do know that there are certain people that like to like, they see a dog and, they're like, and they want to like bark in their faces and get them all aggravated. And that's not healthy for a dog. And if James is doing that, I don't support that. And she says that, you know, he would encourage Grant to bite and he would like be rough with the dog and whatever. I mean, we haven't really heard of any behavioral issues that Grant that sorry, Graham has had recently. Now that James is sole owner of the dog but listen when you have a puppy I have two of them they're now 11 months Um, it's a lot Sky is very hi Bubba he is very hyper and has a lot of energy and just wants to run at life all the time and then Sully is like the complete opposite and is like such a, a lovey dovey you know give me love so sweet wants to uh, sit and smell the roses all day and like you know it's a challenge and you need to be on them and you need to try to correct bad behavior before it gets worse. So this thing about blaming James for the dog, but like you're the dog's owner. So again, you need to have some accountability um, over the dog and maybe you should have put the dog into training classes a lot sooner. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending James. because I don't know what James's interaction was with the dog. I'm just saying, you know, solely blame james when it's your dog and your dog is misbehaving don't know if i love that uh give us a good flex you want a good flex like that mm. i be up in the gym just working on my fitness He's my ooh. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Can, is that a good flex i don't know if that's a good flex, is that a good flex? i don't know i feel awkward <laughs> smell my armpits um Thanks for making me super awkward. That's going to turn into something cringy later on. Um, What was I saying? Oh, about Rachel um, and Graham. Uh, So then she gets into how the dog ended up with Lisa Vanderpump. And she says that she was in therapy and Graham bit her mom again, I happen to know dogs. She said that Graham was very territorial and was very territorial of his food, of his toys, of his bones, whatever. And he would like get aggressive if you would come near it. Okay. Got that. Again, behavior you need to correct early on so that it doesn't become a bigger problem later. But with the mom, there's something about that piece that still does not make sense to me, right? Because if Rachel's in therapy and suddenly the dog bites the mom and it was a very bad bite. Like when they showed the photos, when TMZ got the leaked photo of the mom being bitten Interesting that there were a lot of leaks um, and the photo just happened to end up on TMZ. But when the photo, you see the photo and you see the hand and there's like a big gash in her finger. Like there's a piece of flesh that was taken out of her finger, which is terrible. And I think that's horrible. However, having dogs and knowing dogs, they don't just bite you out of nowhere. Like, something had to have, you know, prompted that. Like, even, like, I know with the boys, you know, with Sully. I mean, not with Sully, but with Skye. If I don't take them out enough, if I don't let them burn their energy enough, like, he does get more hyper, and he does get a little more, like, and he wants to, like, chew things because he has all of this energy. He's a puppy, you know, and they usually don't settle down until, like, two or three years. We're still under one year. We're at 11 months. But... You know, you need to keep the dogs active. You need to keep their minds stimulated, especially a golden doodle. These are my two here are golden doodle Labradors. They're a hybrid of a golden doodle and a lap. And so for me, like they have a lot of energy in them and that energy needs to be burned. And so I feel like there's something to that story. I just don't believe that Graham would fully just bite you out of nowhere. Like a dog, dogs are reactive and they react to things. So even if it's true that, you know, Graham was very uh, protective of his food or his toys, I don't think even if the mom tried to grab the toy, like listen, dogs nip, right? That's a behavior you have to cut early on, but there is nipping. That bite was not a nip. That was an attack. That dog attacked her, and there was a reason that that dog attacked her. And there had to have been something with, you know, that dog felt threatened or something. It's a little dog, you know? It was a small dog. And here's the thing. Shit like this happens when you keep dogs crated for too long. If you don't work them out enough, if you don't give them enough attention, if you're mean to them, they pick up on all of that stuff. People in the live chat are talking about dogs. Pet instincts know that. When they are threatened, there's something about her mom that dog was responding to. Exactly, Brian. That's what I'm saying. There's more. I'm not accusing the mom of anything. I'm just saying there's more to that story. Golden Doodles can be aggressive from the poodle side. Yes, I I know that. Trust me. This guy's got that little aggression in him, and we are working on that, and we're trying to make it better. But they do have those moments, but you have to work through those bad behaviors. Look up Golden Doodles. Many people say theirs is aggressive, almost like pit bulls. Yes, because of, I believe it's the doodle side in them. But aggressive and attack are two very different things. Something has to trigger them. Because even when it comes to pit bulls, even though they do have that other side of them, there are plenty of people that are big fans of pit bulls. And they're like, listen, you just have to take care of your pit bull, you know? Those dogs tend to be aggressive if you don't fix it when they are very young. I agree. So, yeah. Um... But so she says that the mom called her and she's like, listen, I can't take care of this dog anymore. This dog bit me. Oh my God, look at, oh, I was attacked and I don't know what happened. I was just sitting there on the couch knitting and sipping my tea and all of a sudden Graham came and bit my finger off and she's like, we need to get rid of this dog. And then, so Rachel was like, I had two options. I either leave treatment early to take care of my dog or I give the dog up for adoption. And so she's like, we made sure that we gave the dog up for adoption, but I made sure my mom, you know." made sure that they didn't know that this was my dog because nobody, like we didn't want people to know this was my dog. And so I, the mom, I think she says that the mom did tell the agency that they took the dog to that her daughter is on television and her daughter is a public figure, but she didn't tell her, she didn't give Rachel's name and she didn't tell them exactly who she is. But she, for whatever reason was like, we need to keep this private because my daughter is a public figure. My daughter is a celebrity. And so they thought that the dog was under wraps. And I think they tried to take the dog to training and then they put the dog up for adoption and then the dog went to another family and then the family returned that dog. And listen, I get it. I don't think people realize how common it is for people to get a dog and then to return the dog or to give the dog up and put it up for adoption because puppies are a lot and they're a lot to train. They, my whole couch is fucking chewed up. They had, they- bite things, they chew things, they're, you know, they can have aggressive traits, they pull, they lunge, they do all sorts of crazy shit. That's why you have to take care of them. It's like if you could get have a baby and be like, Oh, this baby is a lot. Let me put the baby up for adoption. I'm done. Like the dog's mom, Sky and Sally's mom, who's our family dog now, she was a rescue. She had three or four homes before she made it to us. And by the time she made it to us, she was only eight months old. So it's just like people are so easy. And listen, she came with a lot of bad habits and she came with a lot of traits. And even now there are certain things that, you know, she's just not capable of doing. Now she's two going on three years. Yeah, because she came at eight months. So, yeah, she has to be going on three years now. Um, So, you know, like, damn. But you work through those things. You train the dogs. You work on that. You know, you do what you got to do to help make sure the dog feels safe. That's the biggest thing is that the dogs react because they don't feel safe. They feel threatened in some way. So... Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But again, so they try to make it seem like, oh, well, we put the dog up for adoption and then the other family returned the dog because the dog was too much even for them. See, that family couldn't handle it either. Well, first of all, that family was taking in all the bad mistakes that you did to the dog. And number one, and number two, um, it's common. It's not ideal and it's not pleasant. I don't love how often I've learned that people are, you know, returning dogs because they're like, oh, this is too much work. Don't get a fucking dog. Um, if it's too much work for you. Listen, I have two of them and I'm solo dolo here in my Mojo Dojo Casa house. So it's not easy, is what I'm saying. And I haven't returned them. And even people have been telling me that they like, I've had friends who are like, listen, Zach, I know it's a lot. If it's too much, like, you know, you can give up one of those dogs. You can put the dog up for adoption. You can find it a good home. I was like, no. I committed to this. I took on this responsibility. Is it hard sometimes? Yeah. Do they make me want to pull my hair out sometimes? Yeah. Have I, they made me cry? Absolutely. Have I lost my shit on them? Yes. I'm like, damn it. But listen, you work through it and you learn just as much as them and you have to train yourself just as much as you learn how to train the, dog, train the dogs. So yeah. But long story short, I guess there was a, one of the rescue shelters that had Graham ended up looking up the chip, the microchip, to see who the dog was registered to. They found out that the dog was registered to Rachel Levis. Then they found out that Rachel Levis was part of Vanderpump Rules, so then they contacted Lisa Vanderpump and asked for a donation. And we're like, hey, we have this dog from Rachel Levis. We need... um we need some money to help train this dog because this dog is a lot. And it sounded like a shakedown. Like they wanted to shake Lisa down for some money. And so instead of shaking Lisa down for some money, Lisa's like, I'll adopt the dog instead. And so Lisa ends up taking in the dog and she says that she had a a ranch, which I don't know if it was, well, she does have a ranch, right? Remember she has ponies and stuff. So she does have a ranch at, I'm assuming Villa Rosa. And she does have other, like she has swans. Like she has, like a farm in her fucking Villa Rosa. But Rachel was like, she said that she had a ranch and she doesn't even have a ranch. And she told them that she was going to take the dog to play on her ranch. But like, I guess she kind of does technically have a ranch. She has horses and she has ponies on her property. So yeah. Um, So I guess she says that Lisa had taken the dog in. And she said that at this time, Lisa was um, Lisa was plan- Or she was That Rachel was in talks with Vanderpump Rules Producers to return to Vanderpump Rules right and they were going To try to get her to come in For the Lake Tahoe trip when the whole cast Goes out to Lake Tahoe that's when they wanted Rachel to join the show again and see Everybody in Lake Tahoe Now, she doesn't explain exactly like what the storyline was of how they were going to reintroduce her. But that was part of the plan that they were expecting to have her. And we heard about that right when the cast did take their Lake Tahoe trip. We heard that like Rachel was in talks and expected to be on that trip. So that's also the trip where Lisa then reveals that she has Graham and gives Graham to James. And then James ends up renaming the dog Hippie. But so Rachel says that she, when she found this out, first of all, she said Lisa Vanderpump adopted the dog unbeknownst to her behind her back. It was a total secret adoption, Um, which also I'm kind of like, but you were in treatment. Like, how was Lisa supposed to get a hold of you if you were in treatment and you didn't really have your phone and you had like a call log and all that stuff? Like, how was Lisa supposed to be like, oh, I have your dog? like. And why would, like, you haven't been talking to anybody. You ran and wanted nothing to do with the show, nothing to do with anyone. So, like, listen, Lisa finds a dog, a dog in need. When Lisa found Dorit's dog, Lisa, well, I guess, did Lisa approach Dorit? She kind of leaked it to the press. Um... Listen, I don't know if this is another Lucy Lucy apple juice situation or not, but like Lisa a do- Lisa found a dog in need and Lisa took in the dog, okay? She decided to then surprise James and give James the dog while they were in Lake Tahoe. But Rachel says that This was that Lisa she knows that Lisa there's a lot of speculation that she throws out there, but she knows that Lisa was going to try to have this gotcha moment with Rachel where they were trying to lure Rachel to Lake Tahoe where Lisa Vanderpump was then going to reveal the dog and then reveal that she had dropped the dog off at a kill shelter. And it was all in this big attempt to expose Rachel for being an animal cruelty person and she's like i just know like that that was their plan and they were just going to try to you know they were going to try to make me look bad and she was going to have this blindsiding moment where she was going to show the dog and then it was going to be this big reveal and i was going to look worse and all she wanted me to do was look bad i don't think i believe that i don't i think if anything somebody brought this theory up on twitter and they're like what if lisa adopted the dog? Knowing the story or being willing to hear the story because the whole thing was Rachel couldn't take care of the dog because she was in treatment and the mom's the one that put the dog up for adoption, right? So what if Lisa was like, listen, I will help you with the dog. Like I, you know, I'm not a fan of bitches, but I, I love dogs. I'm just not a fan of bitches. So like what if... There, what like? What if she was going to surprise you with the dog? But maybe it wasn't to embarrass you. Maybe it was one to get you to explain your side of the story because this has now leaked into the press. Number one, and number two, what if it was an attempt to get the do- to reunite you with the dog? If you really loved the dog and wanted to keep the dog, but you're like, but my priority was being in therapy and not going home and taking care of my dog because my mom's clearly doing something to the damn dog. If the dog's gonna bite her hand off. That said, she then goes on to say that. She believes that all of this was done because then Lisa also reached out or Rachel reached out to Lisa when she found out that Lisa had the dog and she was shocked because she had no idea that Lisa was going to end up with the dog and they thought that this was all anonymous and they were going to keep this all under wraps. I think they wanted to keep it under wraps more to avoid the scandal that this ended up becoming in the press. That's my honest opinion. But I think... She says that Lisa, re- she reached out to Lisa and was like, I can't believe you adopted Graham. And then Lisa's like, oh, I did adopt Graham. But like, listen, if there's a part of your side of this that you want to share, like, why don't we set it up on camera, come to Villa Rosa, you know, and you can tell your side of the story. And Rachel was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Because I believe that if I go to tell my side of the story, they're going to edit it out of the show. And I'm just like, why would they edit that out of, the show, like, how would that make any sense? If the whole point was to develop this dog storyline and they wanted the dog to be the big storyline and the big gotcha moment, why would they then not give you an opportunity to tell your side of the story? Because they also gave you an opportunity to tell your side of Scandal, and you chose to run and not do not tell it in the finale. And then they gave you a chance to tell your side of the story at the reunion. Even though you lied, they still gave you the additional confessional to then tell your side of things. So. They've always given you the opportunity to tell your side of the story. Why would they suddenly not want to tell your side of the story anyway? And why would Lisa want to embarrass you like that? Like, listen, Lisa does have on Beverly Hills, whether she wanted to embarrass the other women, that's different. Embarrassing the Vanderpump Rules people, she does, she has always had a very soft spot in her heart and has always given them the benefit of the doubt. And even when the audience has really hated on the cast members, Lisa's always kind of given them a chance. She's gone to bat for Sandoval. She's gone to bat for Jax, for Kristen. You know, she's like, they've all made mistakes, whatever. She's really given them the benefit of the doubt and always given them grace to kind of rehab their image on the show so I don't believe this was an attempt for at to have a gotcha moment on Rachel and to try and make her look bad and to edit her side of the story out of things like it was such a far reach but then if that's not the biggest reach then she goes on to to say that she believes that this was really all just an attempt to help position James as the number one guy in the group And then the iHeart producers or whoever they were on the episode with her, they're like, what? What does that mean? The number one guy in the group? And she's like, yeah, you don't even know. Jax was the number one guy in the group. And that was something that he said. And then when Jax left the show, then it suddenly, like, it was just assumed that Sandoval was the new number one guy in the group. And now they want to position James as the number one guy in the group. And this was all going to be an attempt to make James look good so that he can stay the number one guy in the group. And, and and make me look bad. And I was just like, what? Like what? Like, first of all, number one guy in the group was just something Jax made up. That was a Jax thing. That wasn't a producer thing. That wasn't a Lisa Vanderpump thing. Like number one guy in the group was just them having their own ego and doing their own shit. Like it had nothing to do with the show or the production of the show. So her logic and her mentality and all of that was just so strange to me. That, like, that's what you think that this whole plot was, was to give James, I'm assuming she's referring, the term would be hero at it, right? Um, not, you know, trying to make him look like the number one guy. Like, it was just bizarre to me. And I'm listening to this thing, like, I'm trying to, like, catch your drift, but I'm not really understanding how they're going to use this dog to come at you to try and make James the number one guy in the group. It was weird. It was fucking weird. And she's like, that's the real reason I didn't come back to the show. Not the money? Because you said you wanted more money. But none of that gets addressed. You said that you wanted to be done with this show because it was for your mental health. And then you go and start to do Bethany's podcast and launch your own podcast and start going to public events again. So it's just like, you know, it just to me made zero fucking sense. I just someone on Twitter was like, you misinterpreted that entire podcast and she was taking accountability. And I'm like, then explain it to me better. Like, then what was she really trying to say with this dog story and the Lisa? Because she used the word blindside. She used the word torment when she referred to how James would interact with the dog. She brings up the number one guy in the group and says that they wanted to make James the number one guy in the group. So if there's a different way to interpret those pieces of the puzzle, then please put those in alignment so that it makes more sense to me because this whole theory that she has is just cuckoo crazy. Cuckoo crazy. But like, come on, this was all concocted to build this narrative to help position James as the number one guy in the group. Stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, And then she gets into the night that she hooked up with Tom Sandoval, and she talks about how they were – where were they at? They were at beaches, and then they went back to his house with Ariana, but Ariana wasn't there, and he lost his key. And so they went around back to see if they can get in through the back door. And she's like, I don't let people in the back door on the first night. Ooh. Okay. Um, and then the door was locked. So then he's like, Well, you know what my favorite part of this backyard is? And she's like, Oh, what's your favorite part of this backyard? And he's just like, Did I have a pool? The pool's heated. And she's like, ooh, baby, you know what pools do to me? Pools make me so wet. And he's like, yeah, baby. And she's like, yeah, baby. And he's like, yeah, baby. And she's like, yeah, baby. And And so they get in the pool. They don't have bathing suits on. So she's like, yeah, he got in with his boxers. He wasn't wearing anything but his boxers. And then suddenly we're in the pool and the pool's heated. And then all of a sudden he turns me around and kisses me. And I was just like, really? 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 She's like, he made the first move. She's like, I'll let you guys be the judge of who made the first move, me or him, because he kissed me in the pool. You mean the pool that you got into yourself? Because, like, you also put yourself in that situation. So, like, you know. Yeah, if your friends, thank you, Emtronics. This story also made me so angry. Your friend's man is hitting on you. You walk away. Yeah, exactly. How do you be like, it wasn't my fault because he kissed me first in the pool. Like, what? You're in the pool with him, in his boxers, with the girlfriend not home. The girlfriend's your friend. I just, ay, 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 mamma mia, here I go again. Um, Oh, Danielle. Danielle just dropped a super sticker in the live chat. She said, uh, Danielle just said, just spent over $130 on three new items from your merch sack. Hope it all fits. I even ordered your sparkling wine from your live on Insta last night. Oh, yay. That's not my sparkling wine, but it was a sparkling wine that I was tasting, and it was actually very delicious. It was a sparkling red wine um, that I got that was very yummy and I was drinking, I went on Instagram live last night and I was drinking it. So thank you, Danielle. Look at that guys. Look at, I'm, am in, listen, I'm Lisa Brenna and this is um, QVC. Boom. um danielle peterson says zach's merch is the most comfy merch i've ever bought i live in the clothes i buy from him because it is some of the softest and comfiest it is the new hoodie by the way oh it's probably one of our comfiest hoodies i always love the tri-blend shirts because they're always like thin and nice and comfy and soft um i love a good tri-blend Love a good tri-blend. So tri-blends are my favorites. That's why I always try to do tri-blends with my merch t-shirts. And then um this Zach Pack hoodie, though, is just, it's so comfy. I live in it. My family lives in them. When we were up in Sequoia over the weekend, everybody was wearing them. So, yeah. My impression, Stacey my impression is spot on. Thank you. Thanks. Tom kissed her first, but then they went into her car and Fucked him. Yeah, (laughs) that's the part that she forgot. She's like, I mean, yeah, he made the first move because he kissed me first, even though I was already with him in the pool. And then I brought him into my car and fucked him. So it's like, oh, okay, right. He's he's to blame. He's all to blame. He manipulated you, girl. He manipulated you. It was the the heated pool is what did it. I just can't. She's like, my panties weren't wet. The only reason they were wet is because I was in the heated pool. I literally can't. That whole story of her and him, like, it was just too much for me. It's too hot to handle, guys. Too hot to handle. Hit the like button, guys. Yes, we have 3.38 watching live right now on YouTube. Hit the like button if you're enjoying this episode. If you haven't subscribed, be sure to get subscribed. The subscription button is down below. We go live here on YouTube every morning, Monday through Thursday. We have bonus episodes that drop on Fridays. So, yeah, I'm going to a Netflix premiere. Oh, actually, with Erica. Erica Jane. It's expensive to be me. E-e-e-e. E-e-e-e. That's just who I be. It's expensive to be me. going to eat this ass like clap, clap, like smack, smack queens, right? Oh, shit, shit, shit. Okay. Sorry, guys. I do have to run. Um, I'm running late for my next taping, which started four minutes ago. Um, I love it. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. You can give me a follow always at Just Plain Zach all over the internet at no Filter with Zach on Instagram and catch an all-new episode of the Ringer Reality TV podcast, which is going to drop. I have to tape it right now. I'm already four minutes late, but Ringer Reality TV podcast, uh, Morally Corrupt. Every Tuesday, me and Chelsea Stark-Jones recap Real Housewives of Miami and Southern Charm, so I'm going to go tape that right now. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late for a very important day. Hey, guns. Um, Okay, got to run. Love you guys. Follow me at Just Plain Zach. Follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. Stay tuned for more hot tea to be coming at you fresh Monday through Thursday with bonus episodes on Friday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a nice five-star review because those reviews really do help. They help with the chart rankings. They show other people how much the show, you know, means to you and why they should tune in. So definitely keep leaving those reviews because I appreciate them and they're free. It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. And you can support your fellow podcasters by or your favorite podcasters by doing so. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the like button on your way out, hit the bell notification button. That way I'm always up in those notifications when the tea is hot. All right guys, love you mean. Bye.